You are listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, episode 107, Having Hard Conversations. This is Less Drama, More Mama, the podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way. You're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected to feeling calm and connected. This is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Hi, Mama. Welcome back to the podcast. The day this episode airs is my first day back at school and my kids' first day back at school, all virtual. And I'll be teaching four classes that first day back, a kindergarten class, two first grade classes, and a second grade class. And I'm so excited to see all their little faces on Zoom and talk to them about what the school counselor does and how I can help them succeed in school. And then in the afternoon and evening, I get to coach my clients and help them succeed too. I have the best jobs in the world. Today, I want to help you succeed at having hard conversations. I've been coaching a lot of people on this lately, and I've even had to coach myself before having some difficult conversations too, so I figured it was a good topic to bring up. So what is a hard conversation? I mean, it really depends on your thoughts about it, right? And whether your thoughts about the subject matter or the person you're having the conversation with cause you to feel some kind of negative emotion, like anxiety, anger, awkwardness, or embarrassment. When we feel those strong emotions before or during a conversation, that's what makes it quote-unquote hard for us. I mean, I might think that a conversation about parenting struggles is no big deal, but someone else might really feel embarrassed or ashamed to have a conversation about that. One person might view getting feedback from the boss as helpful, while another person views it as hurtful. If I know someone has a bit of a temper or cries easily, I might consider conversations with that person to be harder than others. And the way we think about conflict in general also plays a big part in how we view these conversations. Conflict is a normal part of being a human being. Conflict between two people happens when they have differing perspectives. Sometimes conflict evokes strong emotions like anger, sadness, and hurt. But understanding, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, that emotions are just vibrations in our bodies caused by our thoughts, which are just sentences in our minds, that can help you to not be as afraid of them. When you avoid hard conversations because you fear emotions, you actually prolong the conflict and the negative emotions. Having hard conversations in an effective way can bring people closer together and can strengthen your relationships. And the better you are at managing your thoughts and feelings before, during, and after these types of conversations, the easier they get. I have to say that since I learned these skills, having conversations with my ex-husband, my parents, my coworkers, and my kids have all gotten easier. It's not to say that I don't still have uncomfortable feelings, but I understand that they're temporary and they can't actually harm me in any way. So I allow myself to feel them and have the conversations anyway. One thing I see a lot of people do instead of having hard conversations is called triangulation. This is when someone talks about the problem with a third party creating a triangle instead of speaking directly to the person that the conflict is with. So if I have a problem with Sally, for example, instead of talking to her, I complain to Janet, I've now formed a triangle. 
And this is a pretty immature way of communicating and dealing with conflict. While it's okay to confide in a trusted friend about your problems, you'll really benefit from learning how to have mature conversations and deal with people directly, even if it means putting up with some emotional discomfort. Many hard conversations can be made easier by preparing for them ahead of time. And sometimes you can even coach yourself to where you can think about the situation differently, and then there's no need for a conversation at all. Now, I definitely don't recommend having a conversation when you're feeling very strong emotions like anger, resentment, or frustration. When emotions are running high, you're more likely to say or do something that makes the situation worse, and you'll be reacting rather than responding with thoughtfulness and intention. You'll be much better off giving yourself 24 to 48 hours to calm down and coach yourself or get coached to be able to think thoughts that will lead to the feelings, actions, and results you want. Some of the feelings you might want to generate are love, compassion, curiosity, openness, kindness, and cooperation. The second thing you want to do as you prepare for a hard conversation is to ask yourself, what's the goal of this conversation? Why do I want to have it in the first place? Is it to get the other person to change their behavior? Is it to get them to apologize or feel bad? Or is it because I genuinely want to figure out a solution to this problem? Many times we want to control another person and get them to change so we can feel better. If that's your goal, you might be disappointed. While there's nothing wrong with making requests of other people and asking them to make changes, ultimately another person's behavior and choices are out of your control. Again, this is where coaching comes in really handy because you can decide what you want to make their behavior mean and how you want to feel about it. Maybe you want the outcome of your conversation to be that the other person admits that they're wrong or apologizes. Again, you have zero control over this, and my suggestion is that you ask yourself why you want that. Our need to be right often creates way more problems than solutions. I remember when Dr. Phil first started out on The Oprah Show, and he would always ask people, would you rather be right or happy? Humans fight to be right because it feels like their very survival is at stake. I recently read that if you put a rat in front of a bunch of tunnels and put cheese in one of them, the rat will go up and down the tunnels looking for the cheese. If every time you do the experiment, you put cheese down the fourth tunnel, Eventually, the rat knows the right tunnel and goes directly to it every time. If you move the cheese out of the fourth tunnel and put it at the end of another one, the rat still goes down the fourth tunnel and, of course, gets no cheese. Then he comes out of the tunnel, looks the tunnels over, and goes right back down the cheeseless fourth tunnel. Hungry, he comes out of the tunnel, looks it over again, goes back down the fourth tunnel, and again, finds no cheese. Now, the difference between a rat and a human is that eventually the rat will stop going down the fourth tunnel and will look down the other ones, whereas a human will go down the fourth tunnel with no cheese forever. Why? Because rats are only interested in cheese while humans are interested in being right. They can be so stubborn and righteous that instead of looking for another solution, they'll blame, play the victim, and insist they're right until they die without any cheese. What kind of a life is that? Seriously, though, what's the benefit of being right? There is none, especially when it creates more tension and more disconnection with the other person. Now, I'm not suggesting that you say you're wrong necessarily, just that you give up the need to be right. Believe me, I know it's tough, 
but there's also a lot of freedom in it. Okay, now we're still in the preparation stage. We haven't even started the conversation yet. Next, you want to take ownership for any part of the conflict or issue that you're responsible for and take 100% responsibility for how you feel. You're not taking responsibility for their behavior or how they feel, but you're taking responsibility for how you feel. Because remember, other people can't make you feel anything. You're in control of that with your own thinking. And that's a good thing because that's where all of your power is. The final step in the preparation stage is getting clear about the story you're telling yourself. What assumptions are you making about the other person's intentions or perspective? I've seen people twist themselves into emotional knots with stories about why the other person did what they did and anticipating how the conversation's going to go and how the other person will react. And then none of it actually happens the way they've imagined. So just notice the story you've made up in your head and how it makes you feel. You very likely don't know anything about their perspective, which brings us to the first part of the actual conversation. You're going to approach the conversation with a spirit of curiosity. Habit five of Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People is to seek first to understand, then to be understood. Instead of going off on a rant and telling them your perspective, you're going to ask questions about their experience and their views, and then really listen to the answers. Genuinely try to understand their point of view. Now, you might feel yourself getting defensive as they're talking, especially if they're blaming you, and you might feel the urge to turn around and blame them. Just notice that, breathe, and remind yourself that all they're doing is sharing their thoughts with you. And their thoughts are just sentences in their minds, like your thoughts are just sentences in your mind. The reason you're having a conflict is that you have different sentences in your minds about what the facts of the situation mean. Remember, facts are neutral. They have nothing to do with being right or wrong. So an example of a fact might be your friend hasn't returned your phone calls or texts for over a week, or your husband comes home after work and plays video games at night. So while the other person is talking and telling you their views, you want to find some common ground by identifying the facts you can agree on. Can you agree that your friend didn't call or text you for over a week? Can you agree that your husband plays video games at night? Finding things to agree on gets you at least partially on the same page. Now, because you've dropped the need to be right, you don't need to state your case at this point, blame the other person or defend yourself. But you can talk about how each of you is thinking about the facts. So using the examples I gave before, if the fact is your friend didn't call or text you back, you might be making that mean she's avoiding me. She must be upset about something or I'm not a priority in her life while she's making it mean I've been super busy at work and I haven't had a chance to call. If the fact is that your husband plays video games at night, you might be making that mean He doesn't help out at bedtime, or he could be spending this time with the family instead. While he's making it mean, this is how I like to unwind after a hard day at work. Once you figure out what each of you is making the facts mean, you can start talking about solutions and how you can move forward and work through the issue together. For example, you could say, in the future, when you're too busy to talk, maybe you could just send me a quick text to let me know you got my phone message. Or... Maybe we can play video games as a family so we get to spend time with you while you unwind. Then you show up as the person you want to be in that conversation, and you have a much better chance of having a positive outcome. 
Another point I want to make is that some issues are so big or important that they take several conversations over a period of time. Be patient and know that each time you show up in the way I've described here, the better you'll feel and the stronger your relationship with the other person can become. Growth always requires some level of discomfort, but you can totally have hard conversations when you follow these steps. I've done it, and I've helped my clients do it too. So if you generally avoid hard conversations and then feel resentful, or you'd like help navigating some hard conversations, schedule your free mini session with me at lessdramamoremama.com forward slash mini, and I'll tell you about how my coaching will absolutely change your life. All right, I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast. If you liked this episode, please take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes and make sure you subscribe too so you never miss a show. Got a question, comment, or idea for an upcoming episode? Email me at pam at lessdramamoremama.com.